If you have your Bible tonight, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, we will begin reading in verse 6. We will read from verse 6 down to verse 12. And a lot of, I'm sure most of y'all, if not all of y'all, are familiar with this uh, text right here. And um, I'm not going to speak on money, so y'all can... Y'all can stay, stay in here tonight. But uh, verse 6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. Boy, how true that, that is. Um, I'm going to speak a little bit on godliness here in a little while. But we all need to be content, don't we? I mean, God has been good to us. And I know we, we live in this human flesh and you know the more we get sometimes the more we want and especially when we see other people prosper and and we're struggling but God knows what we need and God knows our needs and he he's never left us he's never forsaken us and sometimes that's a, a big problem is being content but <clears throat> When you're, when you're not content, when you want more than what you got, a lot of times you become greedy. And that will hinder you from your walk with the Lord. Verse 7 says, For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. Um. It's a, such a shame that you see so many family members fighting over their parents' stuff and fighting over this, and and you you see so many. It's it's nothing wrong with wanting to provide for your children, set up for your children. Uh, I wish I could do it for my two boys. I, Lord willing, if God works everything out, I'm I'm going. We, we're going to be able to, uh, hopefully. But the only thing that matters when you leave this world is do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You're not, going to be, you're not going to take anything with you. You're not going to take any of your possessions with you. And um, in, enjoy, enjoy life while you're down here. And, and don't worry about you know, what's going to happen afterwards but enjoy it to a to a state that it, it doesn't carry you away it doesn't keep you from God anything that keeps you from God anything is wrong the Bible says do away with it um, he, he comes first especially if we're Christians and verse 8 says and having food and raiment let us be therewith Content. There's that word content again. And um, I, I, I think when I was always told that if something is repeated in the same chapter on several times, the Lord's trying to get something in our heads. So, I mean, He's trying to tell us, let's, let's be content. Let's be happy uh, with what we have. God, um, we could go around the whole room tonight and have a testimony service and God has been good to all of us. 
He's been better to us than we deserve. Because if we got what we deserve, none of us would be sitting here tonight. And I mean, if he didn't do nothing else, he saved our soul and kept us out of hell. Out of hell. So um, that's, that's enough. And verse 9 right here says uh, a little bit of what I was talking about. If you're not content and you want more, this is what can happen to you. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. That it, it will drive you, if you start wanting more, it will, you will start lusting after more. You will want more. And it will, hit, it will land you in a thing of temptation where you'll get to a point where God doesn't matter anymore. It, it's, it's all about what I want. And God help us if we ever get in that situation. God help us if we ever get down to um, <coughs> to a place that we feel like we don't need God, we don't want God anymore. You, you know, and it's all about, because I promise you, one second after we've gone, what we have ain't going to mean nothing. The only thing that's going to matter is do we have Jesus Christ. And I, I, and I know everybody knows verse 10 here. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some covet after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Um, money won't bring you happiness. It, it won't. It, it will only bring you more and more sorrow. And um, the only thing that can bring you happiness is Jesus Christ Amen. as your Lord and Savior. Um, a lot of people misinterpret this verse. Uh, a lot of people will say money is the root of all evil. But that ain't what it says. It says the love of money. And God knows what we can handle. God knows how much we can handle. And He gives us what we need. If he gave us what we wanted, I guarantee you, I, and I can't speak for y'all, but I can speak for myself, I probably won't, wouldn't even be in here tonight because I'd be out in the world living it up. You know, used to be, and I know this ain't part of my message, but uh, I'm, I'm leading up to it. It used to be that people respected Sundays. You know, you, you went to church on Sundays. Nothing was open till after 1 o'clock on Sundays. People didn't go anywhere on Sundays. But now, Sunday is just another day. Nobody, nobody thinks about church. Church is on the back burner. God's on the back burner. Everybody wants to go do this, do that. They got their kids playing ball. They've got, they go out on the lake. They do, do whatever they want to do. They don't think about God until it's too late, until something happens. Then they want to pull God off the shelf. And um, that's sad. I mean, it really is. God should come first because, in all honesty, if it wasn't for the Lord Jesus Christ, if it wasn't for God, we wouldn't have anything. 
We wouldn't have the jobs we have. We wouldn't have the cars and the houses and the clothes and all the stuff that we have if it wasn't for the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that provides it all. But uh, this next verse is, is the one that I'm going to speak on tonight. And, um, and it says, But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. And I'm going to teach on tonight. Well, let me read verse 12 as well. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. And I'm going to speak on tonight uh, seven things that we need to, to have a successful Christian life. And um, it starts off by saying, O man of God. And when you read it, when you read that the, at the very first time or when you first start looking over it, it kind of makes you think he's talking to the preachers, talking to preachers, man of God. But he's talking to every, everybody. He's talking to all of us. And we need to have these things in our life to live a successful Christian life. It's a, it, it's a fight every single day. Every day that we wake up, it's a, it's a whole new struggle. We don't, we don't know what's out there. We think, you know, for, for a while, okay, things are coming down. They look pretty good. Then something else comes up. And then you'll, we'll get a phone call about somebody else or, you know, a family member or, or somebody. We never know. And, and the devil, I'm a firm believer in this that we are living in the last of the last days. And the devil is working harder than he's ever worked. He, he, is, he is working triple overtime because he knows his days is limited. And um, family, he's, he's trying his best to tear up the local churches. How do you tear up the local churches? You tear up families. What makes up the local churches? families and if he gets the families then he gets the church and it starts with the pastor starts with the pastor's wife it start if, if he can't get the pastor if he can't get the pastor's wife he goes down to the deacons and their families and then he'll just go on down the line and so and, and I can honestly say this we need to lift each other up every single day in prayer. And I'm thankful that I have a church. I know with all my heart that y'all people pray for me and my family. And I'm so thankful for that. I, I love y'all for that. Y'all have been, y'all been too good to us. Sometimes your biggest, God does more with little. Does, does that make sense? I mean, you know, you can have, you can have three, four hundred people in the church, but but if God ain't there, it, it's it's just a building, ain't it? It's just people in a building. This is what makes up the building. If the building, well, I'm not gonna speak it, 
But if something would happen, this would still be the church. Amen. I'm going to just give you these real quick because I'm, I just got the Lord laid that on my heart. I'm sorry, Brother Reed. I just got way off off a topic. But uh, I just felt I, I needed to say that. But seven things we need to have a successful Christian life. Number one is righteousness. We need to be righteous. The... Uh, the word righteousness means to be morally right. Be free from guilt or sin. Uh, we don't need any sin. To be where we need to be with Jesus Christ, we can't have any sin in our life, any sin in our heart. You cannot live, and, and I'm not a preacher. I did sleep at a Holiday Inn Express one time, but I'm not a preacher. But you cannot have sin in your life and live the way you want to live Monday through Saturday and come to church on Sunday and praise the Lord. It don't, it don't work that way, does it? And um, it's, righteousness is a gift from God. It ain't anything that we do because the Bible says our righteousness is of filthy rags and none of us, none of us is worthy to say anything about ourselves. We give all the glory and praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, number two is godliness. Uh, being, we need to be godly. We need to be, you know, the definition, and a lot of, I think a lot of people's got this um, thing misconstrued. The definition of Christian is to be Christ-like. And... Um, are we even worthy to call ourselves Christians? I mean, because none of us. I know I don't. I, I didn't just a little while ago act very Christian. I had to apologize to my wife. I mean, you know, we, we all say things. We all do things. And, um, it, you know, the Lord, nobody on this earth went through more persecution than Jesus Christ. And you know what? He never opened his mouth, never said a word. Don't, I mean, if you think about it, the, the most perfect man, the greatest man that ever walked on this earth could have snapped his fingers or he, he, he could have just called, he could have called 10,000 angels and just wiped this whole world off the map at, at any time. Especially the way they were spitting on him, they were mocking him. And just persecuting them, nobody. You know, we get, we we feel sorry for ourselves. We get down a little bit when people start persecuting us. But to me, it's an honor to be in the same category as Jesus Christ, because if if they persecuted him, why shouldn't they persecute us? But the only way they're gonna persecute us if they see us living a godly life. Living, living for Him, and um, we uh, the key to staying godly is having God's leadership, having God's will inside of us, being in God's will. God, what do you want? It's not me. What do you want for my life? 
And um, number three is we need, and this is preached all over and taught all over churches all over the world, and that's faith. We need to have faith. And that's the one thing I know it lacks in my life. That's the one thing that we lack is faith. If we had, you know, if we just had the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, imagine what God could do for us. We pray, and, and I'm just speaking for myself. I'm, I'm speaking from my heart right now. I'll pray, and I'll say, Lord, I'm putting it all in your hands. I'm not worrying about it. I'm not stressing about it anymore. But then, it ain't even an hour later, and I'm thinking about it all over again. And I, and I guess that's the human nature in us. But we need to turn it over to God. And the only way, and I'm so glad in this, the only way that we can ever, ever make it to heaven is through salvation, through faith. We have got to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and believe that he died and he was buried and he rose again the third day. That's the only, that's the only way. And you've got to have that faith and you've got to have that trust in God. And it's so easy for us to want to fix it ourselves, want to handle it ourselves. Matter of fact, I, I was telling Michelle last week, I said, I'm just, I'm just tired of feeling bad. And uh, I, I'm just, I just want to get better. I just, you know, and um, she said, well, honey, you will. God's, God's working things out. You just, you know, a lot of times, and of course, this is going to bring me up to my next point, but a lot of times we just get so wrapped up. We want to do things our way. We want to do things on our terms. If something's wrong, we want it. And that brings me to my next point, which is number, number four, and that's patience. We, we've got to have patience. And that's the toughest things for us, for us humans to have is patience. I mean, we want it, we want something, we want it right then. We don't understand why this happened or what that happened. We want it done. And that was, that was my case last week. I just told Michelle, I said, I'm just, I'm tired of feeling bad. I just want to, I want all this to be over with and I won't start feeling better. And she told me, she said, well, honey, you know God's got a plan and you will feel better on his time. And I have. I've had a good week this week, praise the Lord. I mean, I've even walked up my steps and not, not even given out a breath. I, I, I took five minutes and shouted on that one. I mean, you know, because y'all don't know how much of a, <laughs> a thing that's been here lately. But God's good to us. And God knows what we need. I know I'm going to repeat myself, but God knows what we need. And He knows... He, he's going to meet our needs, but it's going to be on His time. God has a timetable. God's timetable is not our timetable. It's, it's going to be on His timetable. It's going to be on His time. We just have to be patient. We have to wait on God. It's like that song, Stand Still and Let God Move. And, and that's hard to do sometimes, Miss Teresa. 
It is. Uh, we, we get down and we, we get out and, and just get so low in, in this old flesh. But God, I think Miss Sheila sings this song too. Uh, for, even when he's four days late, he's right on time. He, he's never going to leave us and he's never going to forsake us. He's always going to be there for us. The problem is we need to have that faith and have that patience and trust Him. And then number five, we need love. We need to have love. We need to love unconditionally, just like the Lord Jesus Christ did. You know, it goes back to what I was saying a while ago. He was beaten, and He was uh, mocked, and He was ridiculed like no man ever was. Me and you would have never made it to the cross because we would have died before we even got to the cross. And just, we can't even fathom what his body looked like. I mean, you know, I know you have these movies that try to portray it, and there's a couple of them that really do a good job, but it's, it's not even anything like the movies portray. I mean, we just, we don't know, but yet... He never opened his mouth. On the cross, he said to me, he said the greatest thing that was ever said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. How many of us could do that? And um, we have to love. The, pe the world has to see love in us because we're the only testimony some people see. There, there's a lot of people in this world that never will pick up a Bible. We're the only Bible that some people see. And if we treat one another like dirt and talk about one another, run one another down, they're going to be like, I don't want anything they got. I mean, I'm just as good as, as they are. I mean, you know, we have to have that unconditional love. Even when somebody does us wrong, and boy, that's a hard to do, ain't it? I mean, because that's when the flesh really takes over. And, um, but even when, again, they done Jesus wrong, but he still loved them. And that's the reason why he took all that he took. That's the reason why he died on that old rugged cross, because he loved us and he didn't want us going to hell. It's, it's our choice if we go to hell or not. It's, it's not him. He's not going to force it on us, but it's, it's his choice. And then number six, meekness. We need to be meek. And meekness means submissiveness. We just need to submit to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I'm here. Have your will and way in my life. We've got to humble ourselves and do what God wants us to do and, and be in His will. Sometimes we don't understand it. We don't. We don't understand, well, Lord, you know, why? Why you got us doing this? Why, why, why'd you move us? Or, you know, why? But God has a plan. And a lot of people say, a lot of people say well, you're not supposed to question God. Well, Jesus did on the cross, didn't he? My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? And if Jesus can question the Lord, now, 
We don't blame God for anything because God don't make any mistakes. But it don't hurt sometimes to question Him and say, Lord, why, why you got, got me going through this? Lord, what do you want? You know, why, why do you want this? Why do you want me to do this? And there was no more prime example of being meek and being humble and being submissive than Jesus Christ. He was sent down on this earth. He didn't have to come, but he came to do his Father's will. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to live for him and to do his perfect will. Is that hard? Every single day it's hard. We, we fight a battle. We fight a struggle. We, you know, it's bad enough with the devil, and it's bad enough with the world, but we also fight this thing right here, our inner self. And, um, but uh, my last one is we need to fight. We need to continue to fight. Let me read that verse 12 again. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life until thou art also called and hath professed a good profession before many witnesses. My goal in this life is not to, to please. I want to please my wife. I want to make my wife happy. I want to make my kids happy. I want to make my mama and my family happy. Um, but my goal in, in life is one day hear Jesus say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have fought the good fight. Come, come, men. And we fail every single day. We, we are weak. We, things happen in our lives. Most of the time, well, a lot of times we don't even have control over things that happen. But we can always fight the fight. We need, there are several things we need to fight for. We need to fight for this church. All across America, the devil is trying his best to tear churches apart. We need to fight for this church. We need to fight for that lady right there and her husband. Because we do not know the warfare that they go through. I have been friends with pastors. I know a lot of preachers. And I know what they go through mentally and physically. And the devil is trying his best to tear down our pastors, to tear down our churches. We need to fight for our families. We need to fight for our children. And I'm going on record right now as saying, devil, you can't have mine. You're not having my kids. We're going through some things right now as a family. But the devil ain't going to win because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And no matter what we go through, no matter what the devil tries to throw at us, I know a man who can, who's a whole lot greater than he is. And he's not going to have my kids. He's not going to have my wife. He's not going to have my family. He's not going to have my church. And yes, I'm claiming y'all as my church. I hope you don't mind. But uh, he's not, he's not going to have y'all. Because we're in this thing together. 
and the devil can't the devil can only do so much to begin with. He don't have the power. We give him too much credit. He don't have the power that we think that he has. But we need to keep these things in in our mind. We need to and I know it's a battle. None of these we can do on our own. We have to have the Lord Jesus Christ helping us. We have to be righteous. And that don't mean self-righteous. I mean, that means being righteous. Ain't none of us better than nobody else in this church or nobody out there in this, that world. It's like I said a while ago, I have, I have drove back from Greensboro uh, and, and Virginia and other places when I was younger, uh, drunk as a skunk. Don't know how I got home. I do. It's by the grace of God. It was by the hand of God. He had His hand on me. The old saying was, um, sometimes He saves you before He saves you. Well, I go even further than that. There was a lot of times He saves you after He saves you. Because He could take us home at any time. He could have took me home any time because I made a mockery out of His name on several occasions. But he chose to leave me here. He chose to give me that grace. And kept, he kept his hand on me the whole entire time. And Miss Teresa, no matter what we go through, he's got his hand on us. He will be there for us no matter what. I know times are hard. And I know you're going through a battle like you've never faced before. But he's still God. He's still on the throne. And if we just stay righteous... If we'll stay godly, if we'll keep that faith, have that patience, have that love in our heart for one another, and keep that meekness, and fight that fight. The fight is tough, but one of these days ain't it going to be worth it when we hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Welcome home.